Hey everybody, this is Kylie Gable. Welcome to the Feminization Boudoir Podcast from Candy Apple Press. Uh, this week's episode is going to be a little bit different. Um, it's, it's one of my earliest stories that Shayla Spazia is reading, and the story is a western, which is kind of unusual in this particular genre. It's a forced feminization western about a female outlaw and a miner who strikes it rich and comes back to town and immediately starts hitting on the outlaw's sister who works at a saloon and she doesn't take too kindly to things. And so that's what starts his feminization and his descent. But in the end, it actually kind of has a happy ending. I, I like this. It's, it's definitely a classic Western. If you can get past the, uh, the feminization, the pegging, and, and all the other good stuff in there. So I hope you enjoy it. Uh, we're going to play a brief little message, and then we'll get on with the clip. By pawing up her sister, I had managed to get a notorious wanted outlaw on my tail. And I don't care that she's a woman. That's never going to be a good idea. I felt a tap on my shoulder. As I turned around, boom, her right hand punched me hard in my right cheek. The force of the blow knocked me to the floor and left me foggy-headed. Come on, get up and fight me, you son of a bitch, she spat at me. Hold on there, I, I don't want any trouble. I, I tried to stumble to my feet, but she was having none of it. It's too late for that, because trouble is what you've got in spades, she sneered, kneeing me hard in the balls. I wanted to collapse, but she wouldn't let me. Her left hand reached up around my throat and pinned me to the bar. I couldn't move and she proceeded to pepper my cheeks with slaps from her right hand. I'm not too proud to admit that by this time, tears were starting to freely pour down my cheeks as she bitch-slapped me. I kicked out, catching her in a place that a man should never kick a woman, and I took off running for it. I needed to find my friends, but mostly I just wanted to get out of there. As I cleared the saloon door, I kept running towards the bathhouse. I suddenly felt something slip over my shoulders, and then I felt it tighten. And the next thing I knew, I was landing hard on my back and looking up at the sky. She had lassoed me. In a couple of moments, she had climbed upon her horse and began dragging me around the town's dirty streets. The skin was violently scraping off my back, and when I was dragged over some large rocks, I got more than just scrapes. I could do nothing but cry out in pain. Great day for a ride, isn't it? She called back to me, laughing. Please let me go. You're going to kill me, I cried. You ain't going to get that lucky, she said. When she finally stopped her horse in front of the saloon again, I was a broken man. A crowd of curious gawkers had gathered to watch the show, but none of them lifted a finger to help me. Silver City was a cruel town. With the fight dragged out of me, Zelia had no trouble hauling me up to my feet and manhandling me over a bench in front of the Red Onion. I was barely able to put up any fight at all when she pushed me down so I was laying face down on the bench. I felt her knee on the small of my back as she pulled back my arms and snaked her rope around my wrist and ankles. 
I was soon hogtied and helpless as a newborn babe. I could feel the bottom of my boots with my fingers, but I couldn't reach any of the knots. Now, I'm going to go inside and finish my drink, and when I'm in there, I'm going to ask my sister what she thinks we should do with you. You'd better be here when I get back, or I'm going to be real mad, she threatened. Please, please let me go, ma'am. I, I didn't know she was your sister. Not going to happen, she responded grimly, before turning to the crowd. What did he do, yelled a man, in fancy clothes that made him look like an Easterner or something. This lecherous son of a bitch put his paws all over my sister, and I'll be settling with him when I'm good and ready. Don't none of you touch him, or you'll be answering to me, too, said Zelia firmly. The crowd dissipated, and Zelia went inside. I couldn't get free on my own, no matter how I shook and shimmied. There was no way anybody in that crowd was going to have the misfortune of tangling with the notorious Zelia Pruitt, if they could help it. I lay there looking at all the good townspeople's feet as they walked hurriedly by me. We heard what happened to you, Jarrett. We sure are sorry. You should have come with us to the bathhouse, said Henry. It's all right. I'm just glad you're here now, guys. Untie me and let's get out of this town as fast as we can, can I said desperately. Um, that's just the thing, said Henry. None of us want to throw down with Zelia or any of Kincaid's gang, so sorry, but we can't really do anything for you. Yeah, sympathized Willett. You really got yourself in a heap of a mess this time. What am I going to do? She's going to come back here soon, and when she does, who knows what she'll do to me, I complained. Best not to think about it. What else am I going to think about? I'm tied up here like a prized pig, ready to go to the butcher, I replied. Well, we need to get moving. I don't want her to come out here and see us talking to you, Willett looked around nervously. I was left stuck out there for another hour, and still nobody would make a move to release me. Now, it's hard to tell where the factual story of Zelia's feats ended and where the legend began. Jack Kincaid had the most fearsome outlaw gang in the territory, and he was willing to ride with the woman and have her watch his back. She was definitely a boss gunfighter and rode as good as any man. Still, I had a hard time believing some of the stories I heard about her. As I lay there contemplating my fate, out she walked. She didn't even say a word, but simply slung me over her shoulder and hauled me inside as easy as you would haul a sack of grain. She roughly threw me on top of the bar. Are you sure you want to go through all the trouble of keeping this one alive? I don't think a man this scrawny can be any good for us much, said Zelia to her sister. We do need the help here, and besides, if he fouls us up, I'm going to let you turn this rooster into a hen permanently. A gelding? Now, that does sound fun, laughed Zelia. Hey, ladies, please, there's no reason to talk of such things. Um, do you want an apology? Believe me, I am more than sorry, I said. Oh, you're long past an apology, mister, said Layla. She's right. By the time my sister is done with you... You're going to wish I just killed you. That's if you're any kind of a man at all, said Zelia. Let's not be hasty now, sis. Your two choices are to obey us, without question, or I let Zelia get mean. What do you want? Choose real carefully, cautioned Layla, turning to me. Look, I'll do whatever you want, I promise, I said, hating myself. My face flushed with fear and desperation 
evident in my voice. Okay, let's get him up to my room. Layla grabbed my ankles while her sturdier sister grabbed onto my shoulders. To describe what awaited me upstairs as hell would be an overstatement. But perhaps not by as much as you might think. Layla's room was quite large and in the middle of it was a luxurious tub. Zelia proceeded to undo the rope connecting my wrist and ankles together and cut off all my clothing. I was still helplessly bound, but with the hogtie gone, it was much easier to maneuver. I was then plucked as naked as the day I was born into the bath. I do not doubt at that moment I sorely needed a bathing, but I was not happy that I would soon smell of lavender. My hair had grown long in the miner's camp and my beard was thick and coarse. Using a pair of them fancy new safety razors, my two captors removed all the hair on my body below my ears. I flopped around in the bath hopelessly trying to put up a fight, but when those two sharp razors came out, I decided that I had best just let the women have their way. I was removed from the tub and forcibly marched over to Layla's vanity. I was tied to her chair. Couldn't you at least please let me put some clothes on, I pleaded. Nope, we ain't fixing to untie you anytime soon, replied Zelia. Well, you can hardly blame him for wanting to cover up such a tiny little thing. I have never seen one that puny before, said Layla, flicking my penis with her index finger. I sat there roped in place while Zelia styled my long, shaggy hair. She trimmed it and neatened it before curling it into spiral curls and pinning one side with hairpins. A small purple hat was then pinned upon my head, complete with a large feather in it, before Layla began to paint my face. She smothered my face with some kind of white powder that made me look sickly before taking a red tube and placing some sort of red dyed wax on my cheek and lips. She pulled out a bunch of my eyebrows, and I'm not ashamed to say that I hollered loudly at the loss of each and every one. Finally, she took some kind of black wax and made my eyelashes look much thicker, and my eyes even bigger. When I stared at myself in the mirror, I could only see a woman looking back. My painted face and my now hairless body were the most unpleasant. Now, for this next part, I'm going to have to untie you, but if you so much as look at me cross-eyed, I'll geld you. I, I swear I won't, ma'am, I replied meekly. You better not, she scolded. Zelia cut the ropes on me, and I began to try to rub some circulation back into my wrist. The ladies had me step into a pair of white combination camisole and bloomers before they tied up a purple and black corset so tightly around my middle that I could only manage short, panting breaths. This was followed by a purple petticoat and a pair of black stockings. Are you feeling pretty yet? Layla teased. I'm feeling like a damn fool, I growled. Come on, you ladies have had your fun. I'm sorry for what I've done, but that don't give you the right. Let's put him in his dress, interrupted Zelia. He looks like such a pretty little lady right now. I bet he's going to turn a lot of heads when he's finished being all dolled up. There ain't no way I'm putting on a dress, I snarled. Zelia was on me instantly like a wild bull. 
She grabbed me hard by the camisole, and she slapped me three times in quick succession. I slumped backwards, using the makeup table to steady myself on my feet. Breathing hard, quick breaths, I managed to stay on my feet. Don't mess up his makeup, Zelia, cried out Layla. Sorry, but you get an honorary filly like this one, you've got to show her who the boss is right off, said the fiery outlaw. Now, who's the boss, bitch? You are, I stammered. And don't you forget it, she demanded. I meekly complied as Layla helped me into the dress. It was scandalously short, and the large slit in the front didn't help my modesty any. Two small bags of rice were used to give me an even more womanly figure. I was now capable of turning most men's heads. And desperate men like the ones in Silver City would have absolutely no chance. I was motioned toward the bed and sat down while the two women put a pair of boots on me. With my corset on, I couldn't bend enough to lace them myself. They were black and pointy on the front with a narrow hill on the back, which made them damn hard to walk in. My captors made me practice for a while, sashaying around the room before declaring me good enough. So, here's the deal. You belong to us now. I could have killed you back there, and the only reason you're not headed for Boot Hill already is because of Layla. She wanted to keep you alive. So that means you owe her your life. Uh, the thanks, I stuttered, truly grateful, but more than a little frightened. I kept you alive because I want to buy the saloon. And like it or not, you're going to help me make the money to do it, chided Layla. The way I figured it, your life is worth $500. That's a lot of money, I said. The reward on me is double that, pointed out Zelia with some pride. Now you work for me, said Layla. As what? I asked nervously. Why, sugar, you're the new saloon girl, laughed Zelia. No, I can't. I, I won't, I demanded before a quick punch to my stomach from Zelia doubled me over. Zelia, snapped her sister. How is punching him in the stomach going to ruin his makeup? All right, good point. Anyway, you're going to be making me that $500. Got it? You just need to be pretty and charming to all the customers. I'll knock off $5 of the debt every week, plus 10% of any drinks that you can persuade a customer to buy. Plus, you can charge them 50 cents for a ticket for a dance with you. If you hustle, you can be done in three or four months. Three or four months, I asked alarm, but quickly cowered when I saw Zelia take a start at me. Yeah, that's right, three or four months, repeated Layla for emphasis. For the next two days, I learned some of the finer points of being a saloon girl. I learned how to change the pitch of my voice so that I would sound more feminine. And although I might not have learned to move much like a woman on the dance floor, I did learn to move much less like a man. Layla was a good teacher. And with Zelia there, I was a very motivated student. All night, I slept tied to the foot of Layla's bed. She promised me better arrangements would come, but that I had to earn the trust first. Finally, the weekend came, and I found myself sitting back in the purple dress, sitting at the bar not far from where I had first met Layla. And Zelia had forever changed my life. 
A tall and rugged rancher with flaming red hair made his way over to me. He was five inches taller than me and probably weighed about 75 pounds more. Hello, little lady. I don't think I've seen you around here before. The name is Chance McDaniel, he said. Hey, Chance, this here is Ruby. She's our new saloon girl, smiled Layla when she saw me stumbling. Hi, hi Chance. I'm, I'm right pleased to meet you, I said, forcing a smile and taking his hand. Oh, I think she likes you, Chance. Why not buy her a drink and get to know her a little better, suggested Layla, winking. Chance happily took her up on the idea. She poured us both bourbons, and as I tasted mine, I realized that she had just given me an iced tea. When I asked her later about it, she asked me if I really wanted to get drunk around men like Chance. I had to agree that she was probably right on that one. Chance had half a dozen stiff drinks with me and was soon buying tickets to dance with me. I was pretty sure it would take a lot more to get drunk. Still, the effect of the alcohol had loosened his tongue quite a bit. You know, you sure are a sight for sore eyes. You're the prettiest woman in these parts, said Chance. Oh, Chance, you're such a gentleman, I responded coyly. How about we go out for a stroll in the moonlight, he asked. Oh, I'd love to, Chance, but the rules for us girls are real strict. The bar doesn't want me to pay. The bar doesn't want to pay me and then have me lead the customers out the door, I said. Well, then, how about we dance a few, he said. Dancing with a man was about the most embarrassing thing I could think of. But I also knew it was my best chance to pay off my debt to Layla and end this whole charade. Sure, Chance, but they, they make me charge half a dollar for a dance with me, I said apologetically. Well, they sure have you coming and going. Still, you're worth it, I reckon. I'll take three dollars worth, he said. As I danced with Chance or charmed a gentleman, I would catch sight of Zelia smirking as she watched from her perch on the second floor. I knew that she had felt proud of the depths to which her sister and her had brought me. By the time we parted, I had made some progress paying off my debt and eased the loneliness of a solitary cowboy, but it wasn't anything I felt terribly proud about. This, unfortunately for me, became a regular occurrence. Layla would help me get all dolled up, and then I'd head down to the saloon to flirt with all manner of gentlemen and convince them to buy me drinks and dance tickets. I was fortunate to have my sister tormentors keeping an eye on me to make sure no gentleman took indecent liberties, but they also delighted in the humiliation that I felt seducing these men into spending money on me. When a guy touched my knee or brushed my cheek, it felt like a little bit of me was dying on the inside. A few weeks went by and I was talking to a gentleman who had moved out west from Philadelphia to find his fortune when I felt a large hand grip me firmly by my arm, just above my left elbow, pulling me around to my left. He was quite rough, with black hair and a very scraggly beard. He had three equally rough-looking men behind him who were carrying shotguns. I'm looking for Zelia Pruitt, said the taller stranger. The name's Matt Lawson, and I'm a bounty hunter. I heard that she's here, and I want to see her now. I, I really have absolutely no idea who you're talking about, I said meekly. Well, you best recollect, and fast, I haven't slapped a whore around in days, he spat. 
Lawson dragged me up the stairs to Layla's room and tore it apart, looking for any signs of Zelia. As the men began going through Layla's underwear drawer, I noticed them staring at the bloomers and other frillies a mite too long. I, I must protest, Mr. Lawson. Your men are fondling my lingerie, and some of it has been imported all the way from France. I must demand that they stop, I said. You ain't in no position to make demands, he said to me. If she's not here, then maybe I'll just sit a spell and wait for her to come back. You do, and I'll make sure the marshal hears about this, I said. Like he's going to listen to some whore, said Lawson, grinning. He will if he's that whore's best customer, I replied angrily. You're saying the marshal is your best customer. I don't believe it. Do I look like I'm joking? I gave him a dead-eyed glare. Hell, we can always come back. Let's go, boys. We'll get her soon enough, said Lawson as he left. I sat down on the bed to catch my breath, only to have Zelia come out from under the bed where she was hiding. They looked under there. How did you stay hidden, I demanded. One of Lawson's men looked there, but I had my colt staring him right in the face. He would have gotten me, but I would have gotten him first, so he pretended not to see me, and I didn't shoot him. Aren't you worried they'll come back? It goes with the territory, she replied almost proudly. You did good, though, Ruby. You did real good. Now turn around. I turned around and immediately felt her grab my arms and begin lashing a rope around my wrist behind my back. I thought you said I did good. You know I'd never tell, I said nervously. I know you wouldn't tell, but that Lawson is a killer, and I'm mighty obliged to you for not trying something when he was questioning you. I thought I'd give you a reward, but I saw how you were of my sister. You're not exactly the most skillful man in the territory, she replied, nodding off the rope behind me. She turned me around to face the bed, and then she pushed my shoulders down until I was on my knees. She then dropped her jeans, and I looked in amazement. I suddenly remember just how long it had been since I had been with a woman. But I had never been with a woman like this before. It was obvious that she wanted me to use my tongue to please her. But all I could think about was that I had struck gold like never before. Whoa, not so wet. You've never done this before, have you? She asked. No, I reluctantly agreed. You'll learn, she laughed. A nice circle with that tongue of yours. Oh, yeah, just like that. Instinct began to take over. I massaged her inner thighs as I followed her instructions. I built up the intensity, and she began to moan. I began to plant kisses on her thighs, and then moving to more intimate locations. My tongue made love to her clit in a way that my penis never would have. I could feel her throwing her head back, wanton with lust, and bucking like a wild bronco. She ground herself on my tongue and was soon in the throes of ecstasy. We danced as only lovers can do, but with her leading the way, and though I was tightly bound and at times struggling for balance, I felt very proud to arouse such a lady and bring her to her heights of ecstasy. A torrent of her juices drenched my face, but I was consumed by the task at hand. She screamed loudly, and if we were not above a saloon, surely someone would have complained by now. She helped me get to my feet and threw me down on the bed. 
She flipped up my skirt and pulled down my frilly underwear. She was ravenous, and I cautioned myself about the danger of falling for this notorious outlaw. This was a woman worth dying for. This was a woman worth living for. I hope you liked that. Um, next week's episode, I um, have a lot of hope that we will have a new reader of audio. Um, I'm very excited because um, she's actually the person that um, really opened up a whole new world for me. Um, we kind of became social media friends, and I never knew anything about phone sex, erotica, or anything really before I, I talked to her. So I'm really hoping that we'll have an audio from her on. If not, we'll have something else that'll be equally good. Please support this podcast. I can't emphasize enough how important it is that you're out there and either leaving five-star feedback um, on different services, buying audios, just generally letting, letting the readers know how much you appreciate what they're doing so that they keep doing it. And that, you know, that's what keeps the show going. So I hope you have a great week. There's a lot out there going on. And um, I strongly, I, I believe very strongly that maybe, just maybe, at the end of all this chaos, some good will come. And that good is more important to me right now than the temporary, you know, craziness we're, we're living with. Um, things have been unfair and unequal in this country for a very long time. And I really do believe that our hope, our future for this country is only when, when we all pull together. So that's my whole political message. I, I don't want to get too off on politics on this podcast. I, I, I love to talk politics, but I don't want to subject you to it. So stay safe, have a wonderful week, and I will see you for the next episode next Monday. Take care. Whoa, hold on a second. Just one quick little last message or two. First one is, uh, normally I have the audio up at Clips for Sale for whatever show uh, airs on the podcast, whatever recording, and this time it's already 12 o'clock. It's not going to happen tonight. So tomorrow, if you really like this audio, and I hope you will, you can find it tomorrow at Clips for Sale at my store. The link is down below, or just go on Clips for Sale and, and search for Candy Apple Press. Uh, this one is called The Good, The Bad, and The Sissy. The other thing is I just wanted to point out, um, Shayla has got just an amazing website with all sorts of goodies. Please check that out. Um, I can't say that enough. So tomorrow, look for the audio. And then also, be sure to check out Shayla's site. Have a great week.